This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. About 1 in 20 nurses in the U.S. are Filipino. So chances are you have received care from or been treated by a Filipino nurse. Or maybe you know one. And this is not a coincidence. Trained nurses from the Philippines have shaped and saved the American healthcare system for decades and decades. With us now to share those stories as we mark Filipino American History Month is Catherine Siniza Choi, professor of ethnic studies at the University of California, Berkeley. She's also the author of Empire of Care, Nursing and Migration in Filipino American History and Asian American Histories of the United States. Catherine, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We're also joined by Leo Felix Hurado, professor and founding dean of the College of Health Professions at the Commonwealth University of Pennsylvania. He's also executive director of the Philippine Nurses Association of America. Welcome. Thank you, Sasha, and uh, thank you for inviting me. So if we want to talk about the history of Filipino nurses here in America, we have to go way back. And this is back to when the Philippines became a U.S. colony back in 1898 after the Spanish-American War. So, Catherine, the U.S. created this policy. It was called the Benevolent Assimilation. Can you tell us more about that and talk about how it affected Filipinos? Sure, and I I really appreciate the question, which um, points out that there's this long history of um, Filipino nurse migration to the United States. There's this stereotype of um, Asian Americans, including um, Filipino American nurses as being newcomers or um, perpetual foreigners here in the United States. Um, But actually this important occupational group, its history goes back um, over a century. And it goes back to, um, as you pointed out in the question, the history of US colonization of the Philippines from Mm -hmm. 1898 to 1946, and this policy of benevolent assimilation was a proclamation as well as a policy by then U.S. President William McKinley, who said, we're coming to the Philippines um, as friends, as opposed to the typical um, uh, conquerors that you think about um, in terms of histories of colonialism. And we're going to bring education we're going to bring public health and public infrastructure to the Philippine archipelago. And this was in part to um, allay controversies here in the United States regarding what we were doing by colonizing um, the Philippines. And so part of that policy of benevolent assimilation included um, education and and public health education specifically mm-hmm. um, for nurses that trained them in ways that better prepared them to work in the United States. Yeah. Well, talk more about that, the intentions of the American government behind creating these nursing schools and these training programs. Was the idea to build a stronger Western-style medical workforce in the Philippines? Yes. (laughs) The straightforward answer is yes, that that was the intention. And, um, you know, we could ask ourselves, well, well, why was that? And it had to do with, um, at, at the late 19th century, early 20th century, there was really quite overt um, racism and racial hierarchies that applied to um, this history of U.S. Uh, colonization of the Philippines. And so the idea of bringing 
um, Americanized professional nursing was considered a benevolent or good way to quote unquote civilize um, Filipinos um, by uh, creating a nursing workforce that uh, was modeled after um, an American one. So the intent was less about let's create a workforce to initially the intent was less about let's create a workforce to work in the United States. It was really about creating that Americanized and um, supposedly um, superior yeah. nursing workforce in the Philippines. So, Leo, let's bring you in here. When, when the U.S. began taking over, it also began building nursing schools in the Philippines, as we've been discussing. Talk about how Filipino nursing students were being taught before that and how it differed from the Western nursing practices. So prior to 1898, there there were some nurses, like particularly the male nurses at that time, uh, but they were never educated uh, formally. Uh, they were trained uh, somehow uh, because women were only trained uh, with primary education during the Spanish regime so that the caregiving were provided by uh, male nurses, priests, and herb doctors. That's during the pre-colonial era. Um, there was no formal nursing school until, until 1907, um, when the first, 1906, actually the first uh, school of nursing, which was the Iloilo Mission Hospital School of Nursing, was established by Baptist Foreign Mission Society. Mm -hmm. It's now called the Central Philippine University. Um, it's still existing. And many, many more uh, school of nursing basically were introduced at that time, uh, such as the Philippine Training School of Nurses, which was the first government-funded school, later became the Philippine General Hospital School of Nursing in 1910, and became the University of the Philippines in 1948. Um, so many of these schools of nursing basically were introduced by religious groups like the St. Luke's Hospital School of Nursing in 1907, which was introduced by Protestant Episcopalian um, religion right. uh, denomination and the Mary Johnston Hospital in 1907, which was established by Methodist um, you know, Foreign Mission. So, uh, you know, as you can see, when Americans, American soldiers, um, came to the Philippines in 1898, the Philippines was in, the health status of the Philippine island was below par. Uh, many diseases like bubonic plague and typhoid and tuberculosis, smallpox, public sanitation was dismal. And many of the American soldiers were getting sick. And at that time, there were no uh, Filipino nurses. So American nurses came, but it was not enough. So at that time, uh, it was, you know, uh, hypothesized that uh, the idea of, of teaching uh, Filipino women to become nurses mm -hmm. uh, was such that there was a need uh, for the American soldiers to be cared for. Yeah. So, so let's let's educate uh, the Filipino nurses so that there will, you know, there will be some. Uh, nurses that would care for our soldiers here. 
And at the same time, the, the healthcare system in, in the Philippines is, is being impacted by these American-taught nurses. Uh, I want to play a clip here. We talked earlier today with uh, Brian Ranchero, who's a retired registered nurse who worked at Cook County Public Health. Here's a little bit of what he had to say about why he knew that he wanted to become a nurse. I knew that because my parents were advised me. We always get our advisement to our parents. He says, oh yeah, we, you are the seventh boy, so why don't you take nursing? Because all of them are pretty much into engineering work. So um, I was looking at my parents and I, and I in deep in my heart, just like, yeah, I will take care of you when you're getting old. Catherine, when did the sentiment that being a nurse in America meant financial stability and socioeconomic mobility first come about? Great question. Uh, it, it comes about um, later in the in the 20th century. So not so much in that early period as Americanized training is being um, established in the Philippines. But what we saw in the um, early 20th century was that those few Filipino nurses who were able to go abroad and specifically in the United States to, to further their education would return to the Philippines and then um, assume um, higher positions in, in the nursing profession in the Philippines. And so it created this um, linkage between going abroad and socioeconomic mobility. But it was socioeconomic mobility initially in the Philippines. And then in the, the mid 20th century, um, during the Cold War period, the United States established this exchange visitor program um, in 1948. And the idea was that it was a Cold War program that would bring the best and the brightest from um, various states, uh, various countries throughout the world come to the United States as an exchange visitor for two years and then return to their countries of origin. And what we saw with that exchange visitor program is that hospitals in the United States started to use that program in order to um, recruit nurses to staff U.S nursing shortages that mm -hmm. started to grow after the World War II period. And many of them turned to the Philippines in part because of the Americanized nursing training there, which followed the nursing curriculum here, included English language fluency, for example. And at the same time, Filipino nurses themselves um, by the um, early 1960s had been exposed to American um, culture, um, through the history of colonialism, through popular culture, and they too were were curious um, about going here. Um, and then certainly the financial advantages uh, become really solidified in the 1970s and, and really until this present day. And part of that has to do with um, the U.S. dollar um, in relation to peso devaluation. So one U.S. dollar could be worth in the 1970s, like, you know, 12 pesos. Now it, it's, you know, around 50 or so. Um, so it would take so much longer to work in the Philippines to, mm -hmm. to earn what a Filipino nurse could earn in the, in the United States. So it's a combination of that social and, and economic mobility that becomes um, solidified uh, by the 1960s, 1970s. 
This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It is Filipino American History Month, and we're learning about why so many Filipino nurses come to the U.S. to work and why Filipino Americans continue to choose that profession. Our guests today are Leo Felix Hurado of Commonwealth University of Pennsylvania and the Philippine Nurses Association of America, as well as Catherine Siniza Choi of University of California, Berkeley. So, Leo, we, uh, the, the training programs ended when the country gained independence from the U.S. back in 1946. And in the decades after, there were several nursing shortages in the U.S., as, we, as we've talked about, which Filipinos were, of course, helping to fill. Now, we just heard a bit about the exchange visitor program, but can you tell us more about the, the working conditions that American nurses were experiencing during that time? Uh, yes, uh, just to add a little bit of uh, Dr. Choi's uh, discussion with regards to the nurses coming over from the Philippines. As they, as they came over, they were finding themselves without preceptors instead of coming to learn uh, from American nurses because that was the purpose of the exchange visitors program for them to learn and go back and and share what they've learned here they were becoming the staff in the units actually I, I interviewed uh, when I was writing my dissertation a uh, person who worked at Cook County Hospital there in Illinois that um, as they came, they were just here for for two months, and they were fielding the staff in the units. They were finding themselves as being the charge nurses uh, of of uh, the unit with no other uh, American nurses, and uh, that within few months they were asked to become supervisors because they did not have. Uh, th there was that big shortage um, at that time. So instead of uh, going back to the Philippines uh, they they were asked to stay over and um, and and many of them never went back to the Philippines mm. uh, the, the the shortage basically uh, was difficult for them because again you know particularly those who came here to the eastern uh, seaboard it was cold for them and they didn't even know yeah um, how to obtain um, how to obtain, uh, how to get the heater inside their apartments. Wow. Uh, the challenge of not knowing people, uh, you know, Filipino descent was difficult for them. So, I mean, I can relate to that as well, even though I came in the 80s. Uh, I had similar of those experiences. Um, so that, again, I would tell you that the existence of the Philippine Nurses Association of America and chapters all over the nation um, is making it easier for nurses who are coming over at this point because you can't compare what those uh, people who came before us experienced than those people who came after me um, have a better experience. Let's hear again from retired RN Brian Ranchero. So I arrived in Chicago at April 8, 1980. And I was working at the nursing home first where I can walk to the nursing home at the um, north side of Chicago, where is uh, called Garden View Nursing Home. So, Leo, Chicago also has a history of turning to Filipino nurses, too, right? So what can you tell us about Filipinos here in Cook County? Oh, yeah. So basically, a lot of those that came from Cook County, they, they felt that they ran the hospitals pretty much. Uh, and usually they were relegated to shifts 
that the American nurses did not want. They work on nights. They work on weekends. They work on holidays. Uh, so whatever shifts that uh, the nurses here from the United States did not want to have to work, that's where they work. And oftentimes they were called for overtime and, and multiple shifts overtime in a week because the, there was, uh, you know, that shortage. Yeah. Yeah, let's go back to that nursing shortage, Catherine, uh, that the, the U.S. was experiencing, especially around the 60s. What was happening during that time that resulted in the shortage of nurses? Help us understand. Sure. There were multiple things that were happening um, during the, the 1960s, which increased the demand for nursing services in U.S. hospitals and other healthcare institutions. Um, and and contributed to um, nursing shortages. And these things included things like the passage of Medicare and Medicaid. We might take that for granted today, but this happened in the, in the 1960s. Um, the, the women's movement, which created uh, new workforce uh, um, opportunities for American women. And they could go beyond the confines of previously um, socially acceptable um, professions for women, which included nursing and social work um, and teaching. Um, so all of those things combined create a demand as well as a shortage. Um, and as Leo was um, importantly um, pointing out, many of the shortages are also about local, regional um, shortages. So shortages in rural areas, but also in urban areas, especially in public inner city um, hospitals, um, especially on those evening um, graveyard shifts, which are the most difficult to recruit. Mm -hmm. And that's where U.S. hospitals, again, turn to the Philippines, not solely through the exchange visitor program, but now through new immigration legislation with the Immigration Act of 1965 mm -hmm. that enabled Filipino nurses, over 150,000 Filipino nurses, um, since the, the mid-1960s to, to immigrate to the United States. Talk about how Filipino nurses you know, specifically were targeted to come to the States. Yes, they were targeted um, not because of uh, these necessarily like new policies, um, which facilitated their migration, but they're targeted because of that colonial history. And this is why um, Filipino American um, history or celebrating Filipino American History Month is just so important because in order to explain why the Philippines, why would all these U.S. hospitals in Chicago start recruiting um, from the Philippines, for example, well, they already had experience um, working with and recruiting Filipino nurses from earlier programs like the Exchange Visitor Program. And again, it's that colonial legacy of Americanized training and English fluency that um, came out of this longer history of U.S. colonialism in the Philippines, which makes it seem like a natural choice to recruit from the Philippines, but is one that is historically produced. Mm -hmm. And, and Leo, let's talk about what was happening in the Philippines, which also led many Filipinos to leave at the time. What were some of those factors? Well, there were many um, political issues um, in the Philippines at that time. Uh, there was the martial law in the early 70s, and 
it was, uh, you know, it was very unstable politically. And obviously, when you have political instability, uh, socioeconomic instability follows that. So there was the pull and push factors. The push factors out would be, yeah, United States is look at uh, is the land of milk and honey. Uh, and people were seeing that those who came to America basically did a lot better uh, with their families back home. Um, but at the same time, uh, they, you know, nurses wanted peace. Uh, the, you know, there was more um, stability when they came here to the United States. Um, so those are all um, factors that mm -hmm. impacted, uh, aside from that, one thing that I would like to mention is the, uh, Dr. Chen mentioned earlier about the, the salaries. Uh, the salaries that you would make uh, here and that uh, with the salaries that you made in the United States, you were able to uh, send back to the Philippines to assist your family uh, for a better life. You were able to uh, send your siblings to school. You were able to build a shelter for your family. And uh, in, in addition to that, you had the opportunity to travel uh, not only to the United States, but now able to travel to other yeah. countries and to see the world. So those are all whole factors. And also um, two, two big things that, that, that I want to talk about is the uh, one of the full factors is the experiences of Filipino nurses here in America where they were regarded as equals. They were regarded as, as, as a part of the team rather yeah. than being looked down as uh, handmaiden for doctors, uh, you know, so the respect that they were getting uh, here in the United States can't be compared uh, to to the type of working environment um, in the Philippines. So those are all factors that have uh, influenced the migration. But the other thing also is our country, um, the Philippines, have glorified nurses as they went back to the Philippines as heroes because they were basically helping with the economy. Uh, so that there was a speech um, from uh, the past uh, president, uh, Ferdinand Marcos Sr. at one point that he mentioned that if America needs thousands of nurses, we will produce thousands of nurses. Mm -hmm. So that there was that government support uh, pushing nurses out so that it can also improve the socioeconomic status of the entire Philippines to those remittances. All right, we're going to take a quick pause. Our guests, Leo Felix Hirado and Catherine Siniza Choi, are going to stick around. And we're back now with more Reset. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons. Did you know that nursing is the largest healthcare profession here in the U.S.? There are millions of registered nurses here, with thousands of people in the workforce being trained outside of the country. Now, of those foreign trained nurses, Filipinos make up the majority. About one in 20 RNs are trained in the Philippines. So why are there so many Filipino and Filipino-American nurses? Today, as we mark Filipino-American History Month, we're talking about their stories with our guests, Leo Felix Hirado, who's a Commonwealth University of Pennsylvania professor, and Catherine Siniza Choi, a University of California, Berkeley professor. Catherine, tell us, what areas of nursing did many Filipinos focus on? Hmm. They focused on um, a range of um, different kinds of um, nursing fields, but 
historically in terms of um, Filipino nurses who immigrated to the United States, there's a long history of, of bedside nursing, um, working in um, critical care units, working in emergency rooms, um, working in um, what uh, Brian, um, the nurse previously was saying, um, in elder care homes. Well, speaking of Brian, let's hear from him again. This is our retired nurse talking about more of the reasons why he wanted to work in this field. No matter how much um, the payment or whatever, I'm not into that. I am into more um, human touch in caring for anybody because our culture is actually caring culture. So therefore, I did not even take a look on the monetary side. I just wanted to be in the service side. So, Leo, pick up where we left off there. Why were there so many nurses in those specific positions, bedside in particular? Uh, yes, again, the, the values uh, of, of Filipino nurses in general, uh, compassionate care, that's so innate in uh, Filipino nurses, and also the love and respect for elderly. Uh, so we we basically were reared in terms of uh, respect for elders. That's why also why there were so many, there are so many nurses, uh, so many students going into nursing is because whatever our parents would say, that's where we went. Uh, you know, even though we basically substituted our wants and needs, even though we wanted to become doctors or lawyers or mm-hmm. other professions, we substituted that because our parents wanted us to become nurses. And again, again, the, the values of uh, compassionate care, the values of respect for elders and the dying, um, that we were there, uh, we are there for, for patients who are dying. We are holding their their hands as they are dying, mm-hmm. which is, that's, that's probably one of the reasons why a lot of uh, hospital administrators and recruiters uh, look back uh, and come to the Philippines to, to recruit more Filipino nurses because of their values. Yeah. As nurse. yeah, it sounds like what we also mentioned earlier, right? This idea of being seen as heroes. Absolutely, yes. Now, is this still the case? Does it still seem that they're working in critical care and bedside, Catherine, today? Yes, um, that is what um, recent studies have shown us. Um, I worked as a, um, a secondary senior author for um, a recent paper that um, was authored by Jennifer Nazarino from Brown University um, and a team of, of researchers who work on Philippine health there. And looking at U.S. national nursing survey data, um, they found that um, Filipino nurses, who are now multiple generations of Filipino immigrant, but also U.S.-born Filipino-American nurses, um, tend to be concentrated uh in um bedside care and there's um no there's a a nuanced view we can we can take of this i I absolutely agree with what um leo was um observing um as a researcher and um as a nurse and i've heard also what um, brian was sharing about um this wanting to work at the bedside and having it almost like um a duty like um a a call to duty Mm -hmm. um that is um you know not about the the self um, but really about the compassionate care 
Um, and yet, it's also important to remember that there are also structural constraints, um, colonial legacies that also impact this history. And part of the reason why we see um, decades of um, Filipino nurses also at the bedside and in elder care homes is also because that's where the, the shortages have been. Those are places that um, are the most difficult to recruit. Yeah. And I think this speaks to their the Filipino nurse contributions but we also have to question um, whether or not Filipino nurses in the United States are also given the same opportunities to um, experience other kinds of nursing and to, to not always be at the bedside mm -hmm. um, and, and to have leadership um, roles to make sure that um, those frontliners are, are protected. Um, and as we've seen, there was a disproportionate toll on Filipino nurses mm -hmm. during the COVID-19 pandemic. Which, which we'll get into. Um, I'm also thinking of Filipinos in the Philippines. Uh, with, with so many Filipino nurses leaving the country to work abroad, Catherine, what about the healthcare system back home? Great question. I mean, this is a question that is decades old. Um, and the Philippine government has um, tried historically, initially, in, beginning in the 1960s, 1970s, to try to keep Filipino nurses at least for a limited time, let's say two years within the Philippines. But what we've observed now is that these are often band-aid measures. And now the Philippine government, since the early 1970s, has been... Um, uh, publicizing and um, supporting the, the export of Filipino overseas workers, including um, Filipino nurses. So it, it is this um, irony um, that the, the Philippines is the world's leading sending country of um, professional nurses while there are also nursing shortages in that country, again, in, in local, that are localized um, in, in rural areas. Um, but to address that would require um, a multi-level response. Yeah. It, it's not enough to say that they shouldn't be coming <laughs> to, to the United States because we already have a, a long mm -hmm. history of that. It's complicated. So Leo, Catherine brought up a, a great point, right? Uh, and, and that's COVID. COVID isn't at the top of everyone's minds right now, but it is important to talk about the impact that Filipino and Filipino-American nurses had working on the front lines. Now there's data from National Nurses United that says about a third of registered nurses in America who died of COVID-19 and related health complications, that they were Filipino. So when you hear that, what goes through your mind, Leo? Again, I guess it's more on the areas where Filipino nurses uh, worked. And uh, many of those that work in long-term care, which the COVID-19 devastated those institutions a lot, were Filipinos. and. Uh, those Filipino nurses that work in critical care as well as in emergency room nursing, those are areas where the exposure is higher. Mm -hmm. There is higher risk of exposure when you work in, in, in those three areas I've said, gerontology, critical care areas, and emergency room nursing. At the same time, it could be also that um, uh, Filipino nurses have values again of 
compassionate care where they feel that they needed to be with the dying person so that the length of exposure is longer um, while while the dying COVID-19 patient uh, is there, the Filipino nurse was there. Um, and also that many Filipino nurses um, work in, in sometimes uh, multiple places so that uh, there is that um, uh, more exposure because you're going from one place to another, or you could be doing one shift to another shift. Uh, so all those could have contributed to uh, the higher percentage of mortality among uh, nurses in general. Yeah. You know, Catherine, I'm curious what the pandemic showed you about the work that still needs to be done in regards to the treatment of Asian Americans and Asian American healthcare workers. Oh, thank you for that question. Uh, one of the things that um, uh, was so tragic about the COVID-19 um, pandemic was that um, Asian American health workers um, during that time um, who were trying to save American lives were also being targeted for um, coronavirus-related racism and anti-Asian um, harassment, hate, and, and violence. And those health workers included Filipino nurses themselves. And so what this reminds me as um, a professor of ethnic studies and as an Asian American historian is how um, invisible um, Asian American and in this very specific case, the, the major contributions that Filipino um, American nurses have been making to uh, US healthcare delivery, mm -hmm. um, we still need to learn about that and um, acknowledge it. And um, that's what you're doing <laughs> with us. It's such a pleasure to be here with you, Sasha, and yeah. with Leo. And I know that the PNAA, which uh, Leo is, is a leader of, um, has been at the forefront with projects like Heal Our Nurses, which is a, a PNAA project to, to bring these stories and the contributions of, of Filipino American nurses to light. Yeah, to that Thank end, that. to that end, uh, Leo, I mean, you're both professors. You're a professor specifically at Commonwealth University of Pennsylvania. I mean, take the last minute we have here. Talk about why you think it's important for this history to be taught and these conversations to be had. No, most definitely. Um, again, thank you for highlighting uh, the accomplishments of uh, and contributions of uh, Filipino nurses in the United States. And um, as we know, uh, Dr. Chu talked about the structural barriers, why uh, sometimes there are more Filipino nurses at the bedside because there are times that um, opportunities are not provided to them so that they could be in uh, administration or in uh, higher education. You could count by your fingers uh, how many of us are in higher education. Um, again, with that advocacy of the Philippine Nurses Association of America, uh, we are seeing more of that because now there are, there, are, there are some of us now who are into those positions that mm -hmm. can advocate for the other uh, Filipino nurses who could uh, bring them up in terms of or assisting them to get to graduate education so right. that they would have opportunity to become researchers and educators and uh, administrators yeah. so that um, again it is so important that we recognize these contributions because 
for many decades. We've been there for many shortages of uh, the U.S. Uh, healthcare. I, I came here during the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, which is a great point that, as we were talking about a moment ago, COVID really was not the first time that we saw Filipino healthcare workers step up and work on the front line and put their lives on the line. We'll have to leave it there. We've been talking with Leo Felix Hurado and Catherine Siniza Choi. Thank you both so much. Thank you for having us.